0: Last week, we started a series, um, a series called Our Plans and God's Purpose. And you remember from that, we, we, we were looking at Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16, verse 9. Today's sermon, I'm going to talk to you about crossroads, intersections, exit ramps, detours... And dead ends. Because when we think of our path, we don't think of crossroads, detours, exit ramps, intersections, and dead ends. We tend to see this next picture this long, straight, beautiful path very well defined boundaries with trees on either side, and the path just winds on for as far as you can see in the distance and it, it makes you want to think of these uh the the television movies where the the guy is running across the beach and he 's going to his girl and she 's running you know it 's all defined for you only life hasn 't been that way has it i mean life. Throws you some curveballs. Sometimes the curveballs are of your own making. Sometimes the curveballs that you get in life are things that the evil one, the one who is trying to separate us from the love of God, the one that's trying to get us focused on stuff that doesn't matter, he throws them at us. But can I just tell you that some of these curveballs and detours and exit ramps and crossroads are of God's own making. The difficulty for most of us is determining, is this God? Or is this one of those other voices? The heart of a man plans his way. I like having some control over my present situation, but I realize how inconceivable the concept of me controlling anything really is. You don't know when you wake up, and the next day you have an offer, a call, an illness. A loss. A circumstance that is way beyond your own ability to control or manipulate or finagle. And what you look at and what you think you had planned and the, the, all the perfect, wonderful solutions that you had right at the, in the palm of your hand suddenly are gone. And now you're left with crossroads, intersections, Detours, dead ends, and exit ramps. And you have to make a choice. So how does that work? Remember I told you last week. Write your plans in pencil. And give God the eraser. Because while you may think this long, beautiful road, this Well-defined boundary here, well-defined boundary here, and that's my future. And aha, there's the White House and the picket fence and the two and a half kids or whatever it is. 1.6 kids, or depends on which culture you're in, I guess. A dog, a cat, and whatever you know it's it's the it's a wonderful life it's all there that's where we're going and so we have this vision we have it and i'm not encouraging you not to dream as a matter of fact the opposite i'm telling you it's okay to dream it's even okay to plan but you are not the sole author of your plan you have to consider that your plan needs to fit into the bigger plan of God. That we've got a fence out here in the yard. And the kids from the school go out there and play. And they close the fence, and the kids get to play. Now, understand, as long as they stay in the fence... And are not doing things that are dangerous to themselves or others or the building. They get to play as they choose to play inside of that fence. Do they ever get called out by the teacher for doing something wrong? Yeah, when the kid's got the ball in his hand and he's bouncing it against the window of the church. The teacher's like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh-uh-uh-uh, you know better than that. We don't do that. Get back out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right and then they go out there on that little car that little bus you know, what, you know I'm talking about that bus that's made out of the iron that's painted yellow and it's got the big wheels on the sides of it or tires and the kids go out there and they climb all the way to the top of it and then some kid decides that it's a really good idea to stand with one foot on one side of the top and the other foot on the other side of the top and be king of the world and the teacher's like hey Get down from there. It doesn't mean that they've gotten outside of the boundaries. It just means that there are still some corrections, some things that need to be taken care of within the boundaries of what they are permitted to do. But the moment one of them goes over and flicks the little lock on the gate... And begins to wander outside of the fence. Now it's not just, hey, get down from there. Hey, stop bouncing that ball against the church. But rather, hey, get back here. So what happens if the kid doesn't answer? What happens if the kids ignore? What happens if he clicks the lock on the front gate and goes darting out into the street? Why do the teachers want them to stay within the boundaries of the fence? Because the teachers know what's best, right, Angie? God has a plan. A will for us. It's like a fence. It's like a boundary where he encourages us to dream big, to stay inside the fence. And sometimes we go up and we do stuff that is not exactly pleasing to Him. Now, we get kind of confused when we talk about will of God, so let me give you a little seminary study, okay? Five types of God's will. The first type is the decreed will of God. All right? The decreed will of God is that... Before the foundation of time, God chose you to be a part of his family. That's what decree means. In spite of creation, before creation, it is a universal principle that is established in the heart and mind of God. God said, I care about you. That's a decreed will of God. The perceptive will of God are the things that we learn about God after He begins to interact with our life. Such as, you shall have no other gods before me. I'm a jealous God. I want to be first and only in your life. So don't try to share me with anybody else. I need to be the one. So the perceptive will of God basically has to do with those things that we perceive about God by what he tells us about himself. Commands. Then the third type is the preferential will of God. This is the the will of God that puts a smile on your father's face. I, I was sitting there with with um, Kiki last night. Tiki. Tiki. Sorry, I've got a friend in Peru named Kiki. A Tiki is that their youngest son is Isaac. And they, they nicknamed him Tiki. And Tiki has one of these faces that if he doesn't say a word, if he thinks through what he's saying, you can read everything on his face. And I was talking to Tiki last night about a variety of things. He, we, we have a spear in my home that came from Peru when I was missionary there. And, and the Aguaruna came from the Aguaruna jungle. And, and I was telling him a story about how I was being pursued by those Aguarunas. And, and his little face was just... Was soaking it up. And it was, he was listening to the story and, and the expression was just everywhere. And I look over at his mom and dad. And they're beaming. Because he was listening and responding and attentive. And his very presence, the very character of his being was making his mom and dad happy. The preferential will of God Is the type of thing that we do that our father says, Way to go. I'm so proud of you. That's what I'm talking about. He may not say anything to the rest of his children, but he's like, Hey, Mike, look. See what Eric's doing? I mean, that's, that's the thing. It, it, it puts a smile on your father's face. He lights up. There is a fourth type that is not a type that we want to aspire for. Because the permissive will of God lets us do things that are not in our best interest in order that ultimately we may learn the truth. Sometimes, under the permissive will, God lets sin take place. Joseph was hated by his brothers. They captured him. They kidnapped him. They threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. All of that. And do you know what Joseph let him know later on? What you intended for evil... God's use for good. You see, God's permissive will permitted Joseph to go through that in order that the children of Israel might be saved in time of famine. Could he have done it differently? Probably. But ultimately, the permissive will of God put those big brothers in a really bad place when they were later standing in front of him saying, I'm sorry. We did that to you. Forgive us. And then the final one is the directive will of God. This is when God says, <clears throat> Hey Mike, don't re-sign the lease. This is where God says, um, Excuse me. Time to move. This is where God says, uh, Guess what? Don't wear the red dress. Now you, you think that's, that's crazy, right? But there are times, and I told you this a few weeks ago, my cousin, he and his, he and his wife were, were at home praying for God to help them with their home. And, and God impressed them both to get up and go to Lowe's. Right? And there was another guy who was at home in his house having his devotion and God impressed him to go to Lowe's. So when they got to Lowe's, the one man who was not my cousin came up to my cousin and her husband and said, Are you all pastors? Why, yes we are. Are you all building a house? Why, yes we are. Okay, my wife has some money for you. What? Yeah. We were at home having our devotions and God said, go to Lowe's, find the pastor who's building him a house and give him the money. Now what if my my cousin had said, you know what God? By the way, 125 $100 bills. $12,500 from a total stranger being obedient to what God's voice had said, I want to do this. And my nephew or my cousin had to be obedient and going to Lowe's in order to be there to be connected with. What if my cousin would have said, you know what? I'm thinking a Home Depot today. I'm serious. What if he would have said, You know, God, I don't really feel like going to Lowe's at all. I don't have any money to spend. I think I'm just going to stay home. What kind of blessing would he have missed? See, God's directive will takes us. Let me take you quickly through this next one. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on here. But there, there are three ways that you need to understand the last three of these things. God's perfect will is the will that God has for you. And I can send you these slides. It's not a problem. Hearing and being obedient to what he instructs us to do. God's permanent when we are in his perfect will. God's protection is permanent. God's oversight over our being is permanent. In the second set, this is where we are learning. We're walking within the fences, but we're doing things like climbing on top of the bus. We're doing things like throwing the ball up against the window. And we have, we, we experience the blessing of God and the protection of God when we're being obedient, when we're not, he's like, Hey, stop it. You know, we're kind of staying within the parameters. We're not walking out and being deliberately obedient, but we're doing things that we know God doesn't want us to do because we're like, well, you see, I want to make this a unique experience because I'm a unique individual. And then there's a third one. That's my will. I know what God wants. I know he wants me to stay in the fence. I know he wants me to do this. But you know what? I ain't doing it. No, frankly, I'm just going to go do the thing that I choose to do. Because you know what? I know God wants what's best. But this really, to me, feels like it's best. I think Home Depot. And then we get mad at God. Right? We start blaming him for the stuff that isn't going right in our life. Yet we know, we absolutely positively know that we have not been obedient to him. And then we... God, why do you treat me like this? Why do I have to go through this? Because you're disobedient. And I'm trying to bring you, it's not that I enjoy punishing you. I'm trying to bring you to a place where you acknowledge me. Where you move through God's permissive will into a place where God's perfect will is being done in your life. Do you know when you're going to see God explode in your world? When you let it go. When you stop trying to control your environment. When you stop trying to tell God what you will and won't do. When you stop trying to be the control freak that you are. And you let go and let God. Hmm. Make your plans. But when you make them, consider how they fit into God's purpose. Let me, let me share. <laughs> I can share a story from each one of these signs. I'm not going to because we're out of time. But there's a story for each one of those. There's a place in our life that we get to where we reach a stop sign and we're like, but I don't want to stop. But it's best for you to stop. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. There is a passage that is critically important for us. It says this. There is a way, path, journey, direction, exit, crossroad, detour. That seems right to man. No, no, this is the right way. But the end, it leads to death. You see, God's ways are so much higher than our ways, we can't see what's over the next hill. I was driving down in Florida in and out, around that stuff down there, around, uh, around this embankment, and went out to get on this bridge, and it's going right over across to the other side. Only problem is, big old ship came by there a few years ago, and knocked a couple of the piers out. So they've got the bridge shut up, it's just now fishing pier. Well, I didn't know it was a fishing pier. I've been in Peru on those roads down there where they were putting a new bridge in and the people in the community knew that the old bridge was out, but nobody else did. And it's not like they have signs like we have or somebody standing out there with a flag. It's just you're driving through there at night and if you happen to go without seeing where the bridge is, you can go out and down (laughs) and down and down and down and down. What I'm saying to you is this When we think We know where we're going But we haven't checked with God Ultimately it leads to death Destruction God is our Global positioning system y- Y'all ever been driving with your GPS And the GPS says Turn right here I ain't turning right there I'm not going on that road Now, if you've been working in an area for a while and you've lived there, you can probably do that and be fine. But you'll be driving around someplace and out in the middle of nowhere, and you know where you're supposed to go, you think, and you know that this road has to go over there, and you know it's okay, and your GPS is like, Turn right here. Woman, I am not turning right. (laughs) Repositioning. I did it right here in your own wonderful area. I was down here on the other side of 264 when I first time, first time I came. Well, I've done it numerous times, but I thought I was in the right lane. Just so happened it turned into a Hove lane and I needed to get off. Well, you know, Hove lanes, HOV lanes just keep going and going and going. And I had to travel 18 miles out of my way. Because I needed to go up nine miles and get off and turn around and come back nine miles. To the place I was on the wrong side of the road at the wrong time. Because I thought I knew better than what that GPS was telling me. Do you realize how often you do this with God? God says stop. No, not now. God says go. No, 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 no much better stopped. God says, turn right. No, I don't think so. Turn left. Uh, -uh, I got it. And guess what happens? We end up messing our lives up. We end up doing things that is like, oh, craziness. We were talking last night about responding to God's call and, and hearing people say, you know what? God said, don't. I did and spent the next five years of my life in the most miserable place that I've ever been in in my life. If you haven't done that, I encourage you, please listen to God's GPS because I have done it. And there is no place that you would rather not be than outside of the center of God's will. So here's what I'm telling you. When you see these signs come up in your life, Understand that it may be difficult in your own strength to tell which one you should obey and which one you should ignore. But if you will listen to the Holy Spirit who said He would come and dwell in your hearts and be for you the guide, you won't have to have a doubt. When He says, get off the road, you'll get off the road. When He says there's danger ahead, you'll say, okay God, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to prepare? What can I do? And He'll just He'll work it out. But if you choose in your own strength I'm going to be coming to some of your funerals I'm going to be saying goodbye to you some of you may lose your job, you may lose your house, you may lose your car, you may lose whatever it is that you think you cherish because ultimately God is trying to bring us back to walk in that perfect will of God. And that's the reason that we have to go through the difficulty. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Don't worry about the other stuff. God will be your GPS. Keep Him first. Listen to what He has to say and He will direct you.